Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. I'm Anna, and along with my indie partner, Rosie, we run Independent Oxford, which is a community that supports and champions indie businesses in Oxfordshire. In this series, I'll be guiding you through some of Oxfordshire's best indie journeys, and I hope you'll join me for the ride. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Independent Oxford podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sarah of the Sarah Wiseman Gallery in Summertown. Hello, Sarah. Good morning, Anna. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's lovely to be here. I know, in the sunshine as well. What is this? At last. At Summer. Last. <laughs> Arrived on the 1st of June. <laughs> what more could you ask for? Well, a lot more. But anyway, um, thank you for joining us today. It's really good to have you in. Um, tell us a bit about who you are and the gallery and, well, why you started, really. Because you've been there for 20 years now, haven't you? Or more than that, actually. I know, it's quite scary. 23. So we'll just scoot past the number because it feels like yesterday. Um <laughs> Um, and uh, well, essentially, um, I had um, an art history background. And um, so I studied art history and then I was a volunteer at the Ashmole Museum. Um, and pretty much within 18 months of leaving university, I'd set up my own business. So it's like the shortest pre-career history um, of any entrepreneur, really. <laughs> but just, impressive. But I impressive. like that. Yeah, yeah. I dived in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but why did I set my business up? Well, I think, you know, we have to go, we have to travel back in time, which is a bit strange. Um, but we, essentially the art world was really different. Um, it was really small. Um, it was um, very centred around London and there were not many opportunities to get started in it. And um, I was frustrated, essentially. You know, you're going up for, up for jobs and there were hundreds and hundreds of like graduates, you know. And you were like, oh, God, am I ever going to get going? <laughs> and um, I got a job in a small gallery in Oxford, but it was a subsidiary of a London company. And then they decided to close their Oxford branch. And we were like, oh, OK, but we've got a market here. And we explored all the different avenues of opening. And essentially, I was the last one of the group standing and I decided to go for it. Wow. Okay, that's impressive. And it, it, is it, has it always been in the place it's been in Summertown? Yes, it has. Yes. That's, um, I love the fact that you've been there for so long in this exact same place. And so how, that must have been kind of a little bit terrifying. How old were you? You must have been, what, 20, 21, 22? 24. 24, okay. Yeah. And you come out of university, you get a few temp jobs, et cetera, whatever. Yeah. And you go, bam, I'm going to open a, an art gallery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's brave. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's the, the brilliant naivety of youth. Um, you essentially don't know what you're doing and you've got this incredible energy and you've got this vision and you've just got the absolute determination to see it through. It sounded crazy, but um, lots and lots of people were incredible. They really believed in me. <laughs> and um, so like from bank managers and landlords, they, you know, I mean, they really did believe in me. And I went for a job interview. You know, it was like the last job interview I had. And um Essentially, they said it was for a gallery manager. It's for a smart London gallery. And they said, oh, we think you should be setting up on your own. And I was like, oh, OK, um, you've got great ideas. And um, and they said that we're not going to give you the job because we think you're just going to leave within a year okay. and do exactly that. And I went, oh, well, I better go on with it then. <laughs> I mean, that's you were told I, I guess was told. yeah I was told and then funnily enough I saw them about 10 years later we were doing an art fair back in London and they said you know we should have employed you okay <laughs> and you're going well you told me to set it, set my own one up and I did so you know yeah fair I took enough. your advice <laughs> so what was your what was your vision for obviously you went I'm going to set up a gallery but what was what was the whole kind of big big idea behind it 
Well, we're, we're, I mean, we're talking about early days of the internet. So um, art, contemporary art wasn't as accessible as it is today. And, um, and, and it was really hard to find out what exhibitions were on. Um, it was really hard for artists to get their work seen. And, you know, essentially to go in, you had to go into London to see cool contemporary art. And I just kind of felt that that is my vision. I want to give artists a space to show work and to establish their careers. And I also want to give people in Oxford a chance to come and see it. Yeah. Which I, I really think you've done. I mean, some of the exhibitions you've put on have been absolutely stunning. Actually, lots of them are stunning. But, you know, the the wide range of work that you show um, and the, actually the accessibility of it all. You know, you do have pieces that completely range in price, which is lovely. And I know that's something that is actually important to you. To, you know, you have the high-end pieces, obviously, but you yeah. also want to make sure that people have something that is, a you know, affordable art at home too yeah you always have to bring along new collectors you know because collecting art is a life journey and not everybody is buying art every day of the week and you always need new fresh people to come in and you want to encourage the next generation of collectors and that can be you know buying a 50 pound ceramic or a 200 pound print and then versus that to someone buying you know a really you know seven eight thousand pound painting you know and and it's everybody in between and Every little person in that in the gallery story, they make up the gallery because without one, you don't get the other. Yeah, yeah, you need that. You, you need that kind of yeah spectrum. Yes, you do. Yes. Yeah. So, what does a what does a typical day look like for you at the gallery? There isn't one. Okay, I tried. To, I tried to write this down. <laughs> There really isn't one. Essentially, you know, the only thing that's kind of steady is the fact that we have a morning meeting and say, oh, my God, what's going to happen today? And then we go, OK, we've got X, Y, Z admin tasks that have to be done. And they can range from accounting to marketing to rehanging the gallery, shipping. We do a lot of shipping um, and, you know, and logistics. And so we go through all of those and we divvy them up and then essentially what else happens in the day really is determined by you know the customers coming in and out and the inquiries that we that we get on that day so it, it you never know which way it's going to go no typical day I think yeah I think a lot of independents have actually said that to us that you know it's all well and good asking that question but there is no typical day especially with customers especially when the customers are involved yeah <laughs> yeah okay and you said that you do a lot of shop a lot of shipping yes so I'm assuming that is upped during COVID? Yeah, thankfully it's 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 come down a bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, um I think we talked about this before. And um so I had I first set up the gallery website in I think it was around 2000 and it was a really bad website that my lovely lovely dad created and um you know it was early days technology but we would put artwork online for for that We've been doing it for that long. And um, essentially people would still would ring up and buy artwork that they'd seen on the website. So we have this way of doing business, this hybrid way of doing business is how we've always done business. Yeah, E-commerce, what is that? You're yeah. like, yeah, I've been nailing that for the last 20 years. <laughs> so it's kind of like, so it's kind of weird when you, you sort of think about it being like new because yeah. it's just you know it's just increased it's become more sophisticated it's become easier for the customer because yeah. our website's better but um and um but it yeah so it's kind of shipping ebbs and flows I mean mostly our shipping is for people who aren't in Oxford or Oxfordshire yeah I guess because you ship all over the world don't yes, you you've got do. clients in America and yes. Europe and yep. yeah yep which must be fascinating though that the pieces that sometimes have actually been created in Oxfordshire as well yeah have actually gone to someone's house in, you know, 
west or east coast of America. That's yeah. quite nuts. So one, one, one day a few weeks ago, we, were, we sold a painting to someone who literally lived around the corner and then to somebody in Glasgow and then to somebody in Tennessee. Wow. So that's how untypical. Yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Basis. But it's brilliant because, again, if you speak to any gallerist, you know, that is essentially how the art world is now because the internet has exploded it and we can reach our customers um, across, new customers across the world at any time. And, and people who are into art are really curious, so they will find new art galleries and new artists to follow. That's, that's lovely. And how, gosh, you must have seen so much change over the last kind of 20 25 years mm -hmm. in the art world, like you said, yeah. with the the, the, uh, the internet kind of exploding. Mm -hmm. but, but what else has changed for you? You know, you've got artists now putting their work on Instagram and they didn't have that before. And how, is, how have you have, as a gallery kind of adapted to that? Well, I think um, you always look at the fact that you as a gallery and you have two sets of customers and you have the people who actually buy work from you and then you have your artists and they're also your customer and essentially our job is to sell their work so um if we're not doing well at that of course they're going to look at other avenues to sell their work that's just natural and um i've never signed an artist contractually to me so that they can only sell exclusively through me so we've always worked with the fact that they've worked with other galleries they've done open studios and they've always had their own customer base but essentially we work collaboratively and um and you know and so it kind of all evens out. You know, if you if you start being competitive with the people you represent, well, then it's just going to end up being very negative. So you, if you look at the whole process as a collaboration and, you know, if they're marketing themselves, they will also market the show at the gallery. You know, so you do reach their Instagram followers and they reach your Instagram followers. And, it, and the loyalties, it generally, the loyalty generally tends to be with the artwork. You know, the collector falls in love with the image. That's the most important thing. Okay. So, yeah, well, that's lovely. Um, obviously, you've, like I said, you've always been in Oxfordshire mm -hmm. and you didn't want to open a London gallery. But what is the best thing about being an Oxfordshire-based business? Yeah, I really I really thought about this. I think it's because it's in the middle. and um, okay. in, <laughs> in the middle of the, the, of the country. country. Okay, fine. <laughs> and it's accessibility, really. I mean, so, you know, I would describe us as a bit of a destination gallery. So people um, actually, you know, they'll travel to come and see an artwork that they've fallen in love with. Um, and um, especially now that we're open again. And so we had people come from Sheffield and drive down from Sheffield for the day, come to the gallery, choose their artwork, go and have a lovely day in Oxford. Wow. It, it kind of, it, it's, it, it kind of, it, it's, a, it's a neatness. And the other thing is, is proximity to London. Although I don't want to be in London, it's yeah. great to have it very accessible. And I think the major thing is, is the breadth of the Oxford population, um, the intellectual breadth of the Oxford population. You just do not know who you're going to meet. I mean, you meet some brilliant people. And, um, and it's just such an inspiring place to live because of that. Yes. Like, yeah, Oxford is a massive kind of cooking pot of yeah. so many different backgrounds and kinds of people that, yeah, I can imagine that does have, make, yeah, make a difference to you yes, as, does, as someone yeah. who runs a business. Okay. And I, I t ah, this is going to be a tricky question, actually, I guess, because I wonder what your experience was like after leaving university and then starting your own gallery mm -hmm. in terms of work. But um, what's the, your favourite thing about running an independent business? Because I guess you've got not really much to compare it to. <laughs> no, a very small amount to compare it to. So when I first, I mean, I've always worked. So I think I got my first job in a cafe at 15. So I've always worked. Um, 
when I was at university, I did various boring office temp jobs. And um, I also, what I treasured was a time where I was volunteering at the Ashmolean and um, doing all kinds of bits and pieces in, in Western art. And um, I... <sighs> I don't know. I think I think it's it, it's a very small history, but it was very important because it was very varied. Um, I love being able to determine how my day runs to a certain degree. I love that sort of sense of flexibility. The gallery hours keep you kind of strict, um, but um, you know, on your on your nine to five. But um, what you do in that time, you've got a lot of creative freedom, and that's what I love. Are you quite? good with your uh, work-life balance yes 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 really straight I think um I've, I've been through you know because of the history of the gallery I've been through the phase where you've overworked and you know torn your hair out and like not knowing whether you're which way was up and so I am really strict on my work hours okay any tips for anyone who's uh, struggling with that um, just really, really superset your boundaries. I think, you know, um, not to drone on about the pandemic, but the pandemic broke all those boundaries and the media really, really kind of tried to play work from home is great. However, I'm not a work from home person. I have never been a work from home person. I do my best creative thinking and working when I'm actually sat in my business. So work from home for me was really, really difficult and it broke all my boundaries about work-life balance. So as soon as the gallery, each time, as soon as the gallery reopens, I'm back at work okay. and my computer leaves home. That must be a nice, a nice break. Yeah, <laughs> I think really the, the rules are be strict and do your work in your work hours. Okay. But you set your work hours. So if that's 10 o'clock in the evening for you, well, then fine. Yeah, true. Fair enough. <laughs> so you mentioned the pandemic yeah. and obviously you guys were closed for quite a period of time. Yes. And how how did that affect the gallery? How did that affect you? And is, I guess it must be so much of a, a relief to reopen again when you were able to. Yeah, I think the first one, like for everyone, the first lockdown was a, a tremendous shock and, you know, and an enormous sense of relief when we got to reopen. Um, by the time we got to the second one and then the third one, um, because we could do part furlough, we... We work, we'd worked out that, um, you know, we had enough business on online and if we just kind of, we used the gallery windows to keep displaying work and we stayed active and we kept the gallery sort of semi-open as in one person was in there every day dealing with gallery business and we shared that task between the team. Um, it, it ticked over really well. It was hard. It was, it was really boring constantly working on your own, um, and, but it was busy enough it was really nice and busy and, um, and and actually it came out quite well, but we were all relieved to start working together again. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine getting back to being around people again was, mm. was just nice. Yes, really <laughs> just nice. nice. <laughs> Having a colleague again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so is there anything that you wish you'd known when you'd started your journey? I mean, that whole kind of, you know, people say write a letter to your 20-year-old self or whatever it is, but, you know, is there something, yeah, you wish you'd kind of known? But I guess you wouldn't be where you are now, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it's really I, well not obvious, um, I, I, and I don't think I think I only realised this actually quite recently. Actually, setting up a business and this is going to sound ridiculous. Setting up a business is a piece of cake, you know. It's so exciting and there's so much to do and it's so consuming. The, the difficulty is is establishing it, growing it, and running it every day. <laughs> yes. and, and I wish I'd known that, you know, because actually the logistics of refurbishing a building putting an exhibition on, you know, having a great opening party. That was just, wow, tremendous energy. But then just keeping that going 
and keep reinventing yourself and keeping yourself relevant and keeping your business growing is really super hard. We had um, Alessandro come in a couple of weeks ago from Yoga Venue on Cowley Road. And one of the things he said, he was like, I wish I'd known how how much time it would take to maintain a building. Yep. He's like, that's not even anything that's related to yoga. Yep. or And he was just like, just the sheer volume of stuff to do to make sure that a building actually functions and mm-hmm. runs. And I guess for you, you know, being in the gallery, yeah. you, you, you have to make sure your gallery in the building is looking tip top yeah. every day. Yeah, it's it's really, you know, it is really physical hard work at times when you're rehanging a show, which is actually what I'm doing this afternoon. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's actually really hard. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. You know, it's physical work, it's creative work, you know, it's fun. But, you know, you have to, you know, where you've put holes in the walls, you have to fill them and you have to touch up the paintwork. And it's just what you do. Yeah, it's amazing how much does actually go into hanging an exhibition you know it's not just kind of whacking a few pictures on a wall is it it's no no it's putting them on the wall and then deciding that they don't work taking them down and then doing it again and it's having the guts to to follow your courage to say I don't think we've got that quite right and and starting again oh gosh the thought of just taking it down and rehanging it all again like how how much time do you allocate to that well because we stay open while we do it we allocate three days um it takes yeah, it takes around three days in total. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long time, yeah. There are a few tea Knocking breaks. Knocking holes in walls. There are a few <laughs> tea, tea breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so what actually, what have you got coming up? What's, what's been hung this afternoon? Um, well, so next week we're opening an incredible exhibition by um, uh, Charlotte Cornish, who's a painter, a really, really vibrant abstract painter. And she will be showing with um, Tid Pottery, who are husband and wife, and they are making monumental black and white vessels. And these are just incredible. Tid Pottery, you know, Charlotte is fantastic, but Tid Pottery, they're in their 70s and they've used the pandemic to totally reinvent their what their ceramics. You know, they've shut themselves in their little pottery studio up in Lincolnshire and they've re- reinvented their potting wheel, essentially. They're making massive coil built pieces, which are about, you know, 70s, 80 centimetres tall and then they are hand decorated in black and white geometric designs and they are spectacular I've seen I've seen pictures of them I'm looking forward to coming in and seeing them <laughs> but they look amazing I just love the fact as well that though the the husband and wife duo yeah. isn't it? yes have come from making like you know very what I would class as very functional yes. kind of day-to-day-ish pottery like little jugs and very usable mm-hmm, items mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to doing these massive yes decorative pots yeah that are just, yeah, very wow, like you said, because the whole, they're very, yeah, geometric and very kind of, not in your face, but yeah, they're very bold. Yes, yeah, they are. They have, they really do have the wow factor. And so, and then, so what we've done is we've put them with Charlotte's abstract paintings, which are like a, just a giant splash of insane colour. And she's just the master of um, colour and form because she doesn't actually use a paintbrush very much. She drips and pours the paint on the canvas and she layers it. So it's really, really like, I don't know, um, internet flattens things out. So, it's, you know, so you, you won't see how beautiful the glazes of colour they build up and how the colours kind of bounce off each other. But they're, oh, they're just gorgeous. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. And that makes me think, actually, do you have... A favourite exhibition you've had in the in the past 20, 20 so years? God, it's really hard because it's like saying, do you have a favourite child? You know, it's almost like <laughs> a gallerist can never say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I just don't I just don't think it's fair because you know I think the you have to give them all all the artists sort of that equal love really and um, and I can't really pick out a favourite because. 
they they all work so like so hard yeah and you you just have huge admiration for them um so yeah no I give them all equal billing okay (laughs) that was a very diplomatic answer I like it it's good how many pictures have you bought from exhibitions that you've hosted or do you have a very strict rule about um no you know yeah I I am quite strict actually because obviously I can pick out the best from the show yeah, I guess you get first dibs, don't I get you? First yeah. dibs. <laughs> and so I am I am generally quite strict with myself um about not always taking the best artworks from the exhibition for myself because, you know, that's not really what it's about. Um but you know, occasionally it does happen. Um but you know, you do buy things. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be very hard not to. It's really hard yeah. not to. <laughs> <It's very> hard. <laughs> and no, I couldn't give you a number, but it's a lot. Okay, fine. <laughs> We will not ask any further. No. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> so um, restrictions are nearly lifted, mm-hmm. and obviously we've been able to go out. And actually, we we did go out for dinner, we didn't did, we? Yeah, the yeah. other week it was lovely, um, which was nice to uh, the new restaurant, Wild mm-hmm. Thing, on Little mm-hmm. Clarence Street. But is there anything now that kind of things are very nearly lifted that you're really looking forward to doing again? Well, I th- I mean, ultimately for me, I've missed. I have missed traveling. Um, you know, and. Uh, I I do I really feel for the travel industry and I really do want to get back to that you know when it feels safe I guess running a your own business you possibly a little bit more cautious quarantining you know and stuff is harder because you've you've got to get back to work so um yeah so that's that's uh, a bit tricky so a little bit more into the future however I am going to enjoy England this summer and um, I've booked a little trip to Kent and I'm going to go and go to see some sites and just do some other stuff that you wouldn't normally do. Go to Turner in Margate, go to Hever Castle and Leeds Castle and just enjoy here. Yeah, actually, just enjoy the nice weather now that it's arrived. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot we dismiss in that search for a foreign holiday. And, you know, British tourism's had a really rough trot too. So I think it's really good to, you know, to use our time wisely and to support those businesses getting back on their feet too. Rosie and I actually went to Margate uh, about three years ago, Mm -hmm. three or four years ago now. Um, went to Dreamland. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. it was very exciting. (laughs) And um, I don't know if it's still there, but um, they've got like a little... uh, I guess it's like a little pier that jot, yeah. juts out and they had the best cheese restaurant there. So uh, Ooh, um, they used... Oh, yeah, please do. If it if it's still there, then you must go. Mm-hmm. They've um, got uh, lots of their supplies from... Uh, that are grown in... Is it Thanet Earth? Oh, which yeah. is the... Um, what's it called? The, the big greenhouses there that grow lots of vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all fresh. <laughs> And it was fabulous. Yeah, um, yeah. We had a couple of wines and uh, a lot of cheese. It was really Ooh. nice. <laughs> it was really good. You got to let us know how that goes. I will. Um, okay. So uh, as we as we come to the end of the conversation, thank mm. you for joining us again. Yeah. Thank you. Um, have you got any favourite independents in Oxford that you really really love? Um, well, I'm going to give a shout out to my gorgeous neighbours, Pompette, Laura and Pascal. You know, they're just incredible. They've just set up the most incredible restaurant, and you know that I just you know hats off to them they've reopened for after the pandemic it's been super tough because they'd literally they'd only just they'd hardly been open before it had uh, all hit and uh, you know and the community is really supporting them and they're rushed off their feet and I'm just so happy for them um I also love fabulous flowers you know my word what a great job they do (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, on my mum's birthday, I literally, she just had nothing but flowers from Fabulous Flowers. Her living room was just, the photograph of her living room was hilarious. But she was like, oh, we should all spaced it out. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have like a subscription, like every yeah. week or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. she got them all at once. Um, really enjoy the Charwell Boathouse as well. There's nothing yes. like uh, a meal down there and uh, time on the river. And um, I really like Antiquarian Prince, so Sanders of Oxford, uh, <gasps> super on the high street, always make a discovery in there. And um, Art Supplies, got to give a shout out to Broad Canvas because, you know, they did they did a sterling job. You know, they're, you know, they're not, on, you know, they had a little online shop and you could order from them, go and collect from their door. And, you know, I know that was uh, brilliant for artists in the local area. Yeah, I think they kept a lot of people occupied yeah. during the uh, pandemic, which yeah. was great. So, yeah. Um, Cool. So, Sarah, how can people find out more about the gallery? Well, you can find out all about our exhibitions on our website, which is wisegal.com. And you can also find us on all social media channels as well. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Sarah. This has been fantastic. Good to know more about the gallery. Thank you, Anna. Lovely. And um, we'll be popping in to see the uh, next exhibition soon. And what, what's it called again, just to remind us all? It's called Line, Shape and Form. And it starts on the... Uh, I Gosh, I think it's either the 10th or 12th of June, which is hilarious because I can't quite remember which. <laughs> Brilliant. Super. Thanks very much. Sarah. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Independent Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help more people hear our indie stories. Bye for now.